0: Welcome to the LifeSpring Church podcast. May the Word of God be a blessing to you. Connect with us and consider giving online at LifespringChurch.us. I got a question for you today. Has anybody ever lived through a flood? Been in a flood? It did get a little crazy downtown Springfield here just the other day. The Fast Night Creek and Jordan Creek were all running strong. And when a flood comes, it just does what it wants to do. The water follows the path of least resistance. It flows downhill. It expands and gets wider as it begins to fill up the the valley or the creek or the stream. And even though the water flows the path of least resistance, if you're in that path, look out. Nothing can withstand the water when it builds up and its force comes with all of its might and it's moving forward. It's moving in a singular direction and it's, it's going somewhere. It's got a plan. It's got a purpose. And it's going to accomplish what it's doing it's going to keep on flowing so with this idea today and the the power of a flood I want to speak to us on this topic today when the flood comes not if a flood comes but when the flood comes because there is a flood coming now you can you can sit easy right now I promise you, I am not going to embark upon the journey of building an ark. For God has promised us with the covenant of the rainbow that he will not destroy the earth by water again. And so there is no need for us to go out back here and start construction on an ark. But there is a flood coming. Today's going to be a little bit different. So, you go to church and there are messages that are preached and they get categorized, right? There's... There's teaching. Or sometimes there's treaching. Where it's supposed to be teaching, but the preacher gets excited and he preaches while he's teaching. And then there's evangelistic preaching. Preaching that reaches out and it grabs us and there's conviction involved. And it pulls at our hearts and it pulls at our spirit. And we have to be open and receptive to the word of God calling us. (coughs) Today I'm going to preach to you a prophetic message when the flood comes this isn't a message about if the flood comes this is a message that there is a flood coming and what is it going to do when it gets here a prophetic message of when the flood comes if you have your bibles we're going to go to matthew chapter 7 and verse 24 You're probably familiar with this. This is one of the teachings of Jesus Christ. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sands, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. If you have your Bibles there, continue. Let's flip over to the book of Hebrews. I have a few more passages, verses to read to us today. Hebrews 12 and verse 25. Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 25, see that ye refutes not him that speaketh for they that for if they escaped not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape. Let me give that to you in English. If there are people who refuse the word of God then and didn't escape, who are we to think that now if we refuse the word of God that we would escape? If we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he hath promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not earth only, but also heaven. And his word yet once more signifieth the removing of things that are shaken, as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken shall remain. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for standing in respect to the word of God. I have one more passage I'm going to read to you today. But it's the entire second chapter of Haggai. And you probably wanted to be seated while I did that. Haggai chapter 2 verses 1 through 9. In the seventh month, in the one and 20th day of the month, 21st of the seventh month, to us that would be the 21st of July. Came the word of the Lord unto the prophet Haggai, saying, Speak down to, Rezu- to Zerubbabel, the son of Shetelah, Ju- governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and to the residual of the people, saying, Who was left among you that saw this house in her first glory? Look at your neighbor and say, God's house had its first glory. And how can ye see it now? Is it not in your eyes in the comparison of it as nothing? Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord. And be strong, O Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest. And be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord, and work. For I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts. According to the word that I coveted with you when ye came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you. Man, this is a positive word from God. Be strong and go work, I'm with you. My spirit, which I promised to you when you're in your Exodus, that spirit is still with you, is among you. Fear ye not, for thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations and desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill his this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. Look at your neighbor and say, His house will be filled with glory again. Amen. Amen. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house, the second glory, shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. When the flood comes, there is coming in the last days a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost. If you've been in this Pentecostalism, apostolic Pentecostalism, you've heard that there is going to be a last day revival, a latter reign of revival, and a mixing of the former rain and the latter reign together, a, a mighty outpouring of God's Spirit, uh, an unmeasurable revival in the last of the last days right before Jesus Christ comes. And I'm standing here today to tell you, it is coming. There's a flood coming. The mighty outpouring of His Spirit will be here. It will be a fulfillment which says the end of the thing is greater than the beginning of the thing. If you thought Acts chapter 2 was pretty incredible, wait until the flood gets here. Wait until the last day outpouring of the Holy Ghost gets here. It will be incredible. And it's my determination that Live Spring Church will be a part Of the great outpouring in the last day. Lord, put me right in the middle. I want to see your spirit fall. I want your spirit to fall on me. I want your spirit to fall on my family. I want your spirit to fall on my neighbors. I want your spirit to fall on my coworkers. Oh, this would be a good place to help me. I'm I'm treaching right now. I want the power of the Holy Ghost to saturate my church, my community, my city, my state, my nation. I want to see a mighty move of God. I want to see the last day revival. There's two reasons I want the last day revival to get here. One, I want to see as many people saved as can possibly be saved. And number two, when the revival's over, I'm out of here. So Jesus poured it out so we can go home. We believe it. And here at Life Spring Church, we're positioning ourselves to receive it, and we're getting ourselves ready to herald it when it gets here. Revival is coming. It's like when the flash flood begins to move, the people upstream begin to send word downstream. Get ready. The flood's coming. Get ready. The waters are moving. It's rained up here in the mountaintop. And it's, it's, it's all ran off. And the, the ditches are full. And the creeks are building. And the streams are running. And the river is billowing. There's coming a mighty revival. Down your way. If you're in the valley, hear me today. From the mountaintop, I can tell you, revival's coming. The Spirit of God is coming. There is coming a flood. Don't be despondent in your valley. Don't be weary in your valley. The Spirit of God is on its way. This outpouring will sweep through as a mighty flood. It will be powerful just as a flood. It will be majestic because it's from God. It will be undeniable. It will change the church. And it will prepare us for the arrival of the bridegroom. It harkens back to the parable of the five wise and the five foolish versions. There were five who, when they heard the cry, were ready for the bridegroom. And there were five who, when they heard the cry, decided they should probably go ahead and start getting ready for the bridegroom. Oh, I want to be ready. And hear me today. I'm giving you the cry. Jesus is about to come. And before he gets here, there's going to be an incredible, mighty outpouring of his spirit when the flood comes. When the flood comes, it'll be destructive. We'll talk about that. Its power will reveal the weakness of modern Christianity. Sometimes you may feel... I don't know how to describe the feeling. Maybe you feel inferior or you feel your efforts in living for God are, are not what, what it should be because you look at society and you look at pop religious culture and you, you see that they have all that they have and they've obtained all that they've obtained and, and their fame and their influence and their expression in, in our community. And you say, am I really doing anything for God? Am I, am I dumping my little thimble of water into the ocean? Hear me today. What you're doing for God will last. When the flood comes, what you're doing for God will still be standing. But what modern Christianity is doing for God, it will be revealed in all of its weaknesses and it will be washed away. Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7 are Jesus' teachings. The, the, the passage we read from Matthew chapter 7 talks about the sayings. And if you read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, you'll see it jumps, really, it jumps from topic to topic to topic to topic to topic. And it's all the sayings of Jesus. He was putting all kinds of sermonettes together in one big long message. Anybody ever been in church like that? I mean, it took Jesus three chapters to get through his sermon. We're just starting chapter one, though. <laughs> He's preaching and at the conclusion of his sayings and his teachings he tells us the story of the wise and the foolish. He compares the wise to those who build on the rock and he compares the foolish to those who build on the sand. Hear me this morning. I don't want to take away from the commonly preached description of the flood the flood being trial and persecution and as the church the early church and as the latter day church we will experience trial and persecution but i've only heard this message preached from the trial and persecution perspective but if you read the entirety of the context of the scripture it's not in the context of trouble Matter of fact, it's not in a positive or a negative context. It's just in the context. Well, here's what scripture says. The rain descended and the flood came. The text doesn't describe what the flood was or is. The context of the wise man building on the rock was his willingness to hear the teaching of Jesus Christ and to do them. His wisdom Was his ability to hear. His wisdom was his responsibility to obey, and his wisdom was his doing through obedience. May I propose to you today that the rain in the scripture is the latter rain and the former rain put together? Could I tell you today that the rain is the outpouring of the Holy Ghost? When the rain comes, he who has built his house upon the rock will stand. He who has built his house upon the teachings of the Jesus Christ and is living a life obedient to his word, you will stand when the revival comes. Matter of fact, you'll be excited when the rain starts to fall. But the foolish man who has built his life and his religion... And his relationship or whatever it would be called with Jesus Christ upon culture and upon the societal whims of of his community. And based upon what he wants and how he feels. When the rain starts to fall. When the power of God starts to fall. When the latter rain and the former rain, the Holy Ghost starts to fall. It will reveal the weakness in what he has built. And it will be washed away. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And it is upon that rock, I have built my relationship with Jesus Christ. What is Jesus talking about? He's talking to Peter, right? And he asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? And the rally of answers began to come back. Well, some say you're John the Baptist, come back to life. Some say you're the prophet, Elijah, come back to life. And Jesus stopped. He said, Okay, you've said what everybody else has said. Who do you say that I am? And Peter said, Thou art the Christ. That's when Jesus said, Upon this rock. I will build my church upon the revelation and the understanding of who Jesus is. The rock Jesus was talking about is the foundational truth that he is the mighty God manifested in flesh. He is the God of the Old Testament, Elohim. Come to earth as Adonai, the Lord Sovereign, Yahweh our Savior. God manifested himself in flesh, came through the humbleness of a baby, lived among us, was tried among us, died among us, shed his blood among us, was buried in a tomb among us, rose again among us, but then ascended to heaven. He said, If I go away to prepare a place for you, that he would call us to be there. The calling is coming, but before the calling comes, he's going to find the church that's built on the rock. And when the flood comes, the last outpouring of the Holy Ghost comes that church will shine that church will still be standing that church will still be radiating the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ when the flood comes in the last days it is the last great outpouring of the Holy Spirit the feeble foundation of man-made religion will be as sand swept away. The feeble foundation of relative moralism will be swept away. The feeble foundation of accepting society's definitions for right and wrong And the redefining of common words and principles and identities of our world. All of that will be washed away. God's mighty outpouring will wash away all of human righteousness. Self-righteousness. And only the righteousness of God will stand. Oh, I celebrate the coming flood. I celebrate the outpouring of God's Spirit that's going to sweep the earth. He's going to pour it out and it's going to be magnificent. God will be glorified. God will be honored in this last flood that comes. In Exodus chapter 20, it tells us the Ten Commandments. The first commandment, thou shalt have no other God before me. When the flood comes, there'll be no other gods left standing. He reminds me of the story of the children of Israel. The Ark of the Covenant was captured in war. The enemy took it. They thought it was just an old box, a relic, a treasure, the loot of war. And they just placed it in their temple next to their God. Their God's name was the God Dagon. And they came back the next day and their God had fallen over. And been broken in front of the true God. You hear me today. When the flood comes, no false gods will stand in the presence of God. When the true God, when the true revival comes, the one true God will be elevated. He will be known in this earth. There'll be no other gods before him. Deuteronomy 5 and 9 tells us that God is a jealous God. He'll not let any other God stand in his face. When his revival comes, no other God of this earth or of this world or the gods of our society will be able to take credit for it for it will be the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It will be an undeniable move of the Holy God. God said in Isaiah 42 that he would not share his glory with any It won't matter what your service agenda says for that Sunday. God says, who cares? It won't matter who's on the praise team or who's in the praise band on that Sunday. It won't matter who's teaching Sunday school that Sunday. It won't matter who's preaching behind the pulpit on that Sunday. When the revival comes and the flood comes, when the Spirit's poured out, it will be as it was in the days of old. In Acts chapter 2, it swept the house. It filled the house. And all of them in the house were filled. Not just those in the house, but before long it ended up in the street at about 120 turned into 2,000 and a few days later, weeks later 2,000 turned into 4,000 and a few weeks later 4,000 turned into a multitude I'm telling you a flood's coming the flood's coming a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost is coming and the end of the thing will be greater than its beginning they tell the stories of Azusa Street it's been called the latter rain. The former rain being Acts chapter 2. The latter rain being Azusa Street. They tell how for days on days, weeks on weeks, months on months, they would gather in a home. And William Seymour would get behind a little old box. He'd that, bow down and began to pray. And they talked about how the outpouring of the Holy Ghost was so strong in that place uh, that doubters would come. Critics would come. Distractions would come. People would come to prove Azusa Street wrong. There's multiple stories. I can't tell them all. Let me summarize. The theologian would grab his Bible and his notebook. He'd say, I'm going to get on the train. I'm headed to Azusa Street. I'm going to straighten these people out. And the moment they walked across the threshold into the living room of that little dilapidated house, the power of God would hit them. They'd fall out, speaking in other tongues as God moved on them. There was no voice against the move of God. What happens when the critic walks through those doors? They're hurting. They're lonely. And the only thing they have is defensiveness. But when they walk in the presence of God, God strips away their defense. God strips away their argument. And God looks at the hunger of their heart. And instantaneously, his spirit falls. Miraculously, he begins to do a work. The latter rain and the former rain together. The flood's coming. There's going to be a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost. God has a plan. God has a way through which He works. And anything that's different than the way God's laid it out will be identified as a counterfeit. And it will not stand in the flood. The only thing that will stand will be the church. Not just any church. But the church built on the rock. There's coming a great revival to the church. There's coming a mighty revival to our region. There's coming a revival to our nation. We hear the reports of unprecedented revival happening in other nations around the world. Zach Sportsman just shared with us incredible revival happening in Rwanda. His isn't the only story, there's many stories about how God is moving in all the nations of this earth. And you have prayed, and I have prayed... Lord, let the revival that's stirred up over there, let the waves of water that are stirred up over there, let them sweep across the ocean, across the Atlantic. Let those waters, that wave, sweep across the Pacific. Let it crash upon the shores of this nation, God. Begin to flood us with the revival we hear about. We don't want to hear about it anymore. We're tired of hearing about it. We want to experience it. We want to see it. We want to be a part of it. We want to be a part of making it happen. We want to be the conduit. Lord, let your revival come. And I'm telling you, revival has come to our nation. Revival is stirring among the people of this country. We support Jeff Reddy, his family, they're missionaries to the Native Americans here in America. They go to reservations and they begin taking the gospel to people who are broken and hurting and addicted. They're confused and lost. Violence and drugs and alcohol is the only life they know. He's taking the truth to them. Just this past week, Brother Reddy posted on Facebook a praise report. They've been several weeks on the Standing Rock Reservation in South Dakota. There they made a, an acquaintance with a non-denominational pastor of a church. Several weeks they've been giving Bible studies to her. She's seen the revelation of the mighty God in Christ of Jesus named Baptism. Her and six people in her congregation were baptized this last week in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. Hear me today. The rain of revelation is starting to fall. If you look outside, it's beginning to mist. It's beginning to sprinkle. The rains are starting to fall. Last night we came together for prayer here at the church and while I was in prayer God began to speak to me and I don't know what a vision is you look up the definition of a vision it's it's narrow and wide and tall and deep and shallow and everybody has their own definition for what a vision is but as I was praying in my mind's eye I began to see the following I gave them some pictures to help communicate what I saw I saw, though, as it were, a single drop of water hit the surface of a pool of water. And from the entrance of that drop of water radiated outward ripples of water. This action multiplied and became several drops. And then it became many drops like rain. And with the many drops, there were many ripples intersecting and moving across the surface of the water. In the end, the ripples were so many, and the origin, so many, so that the origin of a single set of ripples could not be discerned. But the surface of the water was troubled in all directions. And here's what the Lord spoke into my heart. He said, In the last great outpouring, the local church will have revival and it will ripple outward, it will have an extended impact. He said that across the nation, there will be an outpouring. The revival will multiply. It will become so many in locations. It will have so much ripple and impact. And it will begin to intersect each other and begin to build momentum. And in the end, the result of the last day outpouring will produce so much revival. The source of the resulting impact will be undiscernible. You won't be able to say it was your prayer. And they won't be able to say it was their revival. It will be The revival will be so numerous and the impact so great that onlookers won't see individualism. They'll only see the troubled water and be drawn in to the water. You hear me today. The flood's coming. The flood's coming. A mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost is coming. A mighty move of the Spirit is coming. In John chapter 5. We hear the story of the parable, the story of the man at the pool of Bethesda. The angel of God would come down in a certain season, in a certain time and trouble the water. The first one into the water would receive their healing. But I was focused in on this word troubled. Troubled in its Greek means to agitate. Agitate. And in my simple mind, I just went to the washing machine that has that column in the middle and it just swishes back and forth and it agitates the water, it stirs up the water. There's coming a revival. God's going to place His hand in the middle of it. He's going to begin to stir it up. He's going to begin to shake it up. It's going to cause a flood. His shaking of His hand is going to make a difference. You hear me? There's coming a flood. There's coming a flood. There's coming a flood. And when the power of God begins to move, there will be a shaking. And the shaking will reveal the glory of God. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12. We read it in the beginning. Let me reread it to you here. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not, who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall they not shall not we escape. If we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Whose voice then shook the earth. But now he hath promised saying. Yet once more I shake not the earth only. But also heaven. When the voice of God begins to thunder. And it begins to shake the heavens. That's when the clouds begin to release the moisture and the rain begins to fall. When God's voice says, now is time. Now is the moment. Today is the day the rain's going to begin to fall. And this word, 27, yet once more signifieth the removing of things that are shaken as of things that are made. And those things which cannot be shaken may remain if i may just reiterate to you today all things that are man-made will be shaken and they will fall i've heard this passage preached my entire life and i agree with the context that if you're not living for god when persecution comes you'll be shaken and you'll fall that's another message for another time but I think there's a positive aspect to this verse as well it says if you're built on the rock and you hear the voice of God when he begins to shake the heavens the things that are not man made the things which can withstand the shaking that which is built upon the rock will remain there's a promise to you today when the flood waters roll in and the voice of God shakes the heavens and the earth is shaken know this there is a strength That will still be standing. There'll be a shaking in the last days. It'll be a part of the great outpouring. The writer of Hebrews, he was reaching back into the prophecy of Haggai. He said, God's going to let there be a shaking, and the remnant that saw the first glory will recognize the shaking when they see it in the second glory. I've heard the stories, I've read the stories of the mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I've read about the miraculous healings of the saints in the Bible and in the early 1900s. I've read about how the dead were raised. I've read about how withered hands were straightened. I've read about how blinded eyes were healed. I've read about diabetics being healed. I've read about cancers falling off. The only problem with what I'm saying is I've only read about it and I'm ready to experience it. I'm ready for the drunk to come in and be healed. I'm ready for the divorced to come in and be restored. I'm ready for the addict to come in and have recovery. I'm ready for the sick to walk into this house and not leave with a doctor's appointment to confirm their sickness, but rather to confirm their healing. There's a flood coming, there's a revival coming. There's an outpouring of the Holy Ghost coming. There's a moving of God's Spirit coming and it's going to shake this earth. But we will remain because we are built on the rock. Verse 7 tells us that the latter shaking will again fill the house. With glory. The glory of God will come again. Oh. We won't hear the story. Of an outpouring in Africa any longer. We'll tell the story. Of an outpouring in Springfield. We won't hear the poor out story of an outpouring in Japan any longer. But we'll tell the outpouring that happened at Live Spring Church. We won't just hear about the outpouring in this nation or that nation or this church or that church. But there will be a flood. There will be an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And when God begins to shake, stuff happens. The second shaking of heaven and earth will reveal the glory of God again. I don't want to be redundant, but everything that's man made won't stand. The religions of this world will fall, man made doctrine will crumble, selfishness in the church will go away. Only That which is built upon the truths of this word will stand. Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas were just doing the work of God. A lady was following them with the right message, the wrong spirit. She said, Oh, these are the men of the Most High God. She was mocking them. Unknown to Paul and Silas, she made the men of that city wealthy with her fortune telling because she had the spirit of divination. She was a witch. She used evil spirits to foretell things of the future, and her foretelling was for profit. Not her profit. But for her master's profit. Paul, being sick of being made fun of, turns around and rebukes her. And the spirit of divination comes out of her and she's liberated. They rejoice. She's delivered. She probably rejoiced. I'm delivered. And then her master comes and says, I'm poor. I need some cash. Let's go tell some people about the future. And it didn't work. And they're mad. And they said, what's happened to you? Well, Paul and Silas rebuked this spirit off of me. I've been liberated. I've been free. They're like, no, 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 no. You just messed up my cash flow. Where's Paul and Silas? And they arrested them. And they brought them in. And they beat them. And then they placed them in the inner prison. In stocks and bonds. And you know the story. Acts chapter 16 Somewhere around midnight, Paul and Silas, the Bible says, began to pray and sing praises. If I can harken back to a few weeks ago, in the midst of their trial, in the midst of their fire of sacrifice, in the midst of all of their hurting and all of their struggle, they brought the fire and they brought the incense and they placed it in the inner prison of that jail cell. And they began to pray and sing, and sing praises. They were sending it upward towards heaven. And the Bible says that God sent an incredible shaking, an earthquake which shook the prison. When the Spirit of God falls, it will shake the house. When the Spirit of God falls, it will shake this nation. It will shake churches. It will shake people. And I'm here to tell you, Those that are built on the rock will still be standing. Those that are built on the rock will still be fighting. Those who are built on the rock will still be standing. The shaking in the last days will be the glory of God filling the house. I don't remember all the details of the story. I believe it was a church in Texas, if I remember correctly. I was just a little kid when I heard the story. But a church got together and they began to pray and they were having church. And the neighbors were distracted by what was going on at the church house. And they called the fire department because the neighbors saw flames of fire. Coming out of the windows and out of the doors of the church. And they didn't see anybody running out of the house of God. So they were concerned and they called the fire department. And the fire department comes rushing on scene and they see the fire and they get all of their equipment and they get prepared and they rush the front doors. Oh, it's unlocked. They rush into the sanctuary, and there's no fire, but there's a mighty shaking and moving of the Holy Ghost. You hear me today. The flood is coming. The fire is coming. The shaking is coming. Thank you for listening to the LifeSpring Church podcast. Join us in person on Sundays at 11 a.m. Visit us online at lifespringchurch.us.